Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. This is the Groovy Podcast. My name is Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut. And I'm Baruch, broadcasting from uh, Cloudy, California, this morning. Today is May 5th, uh, 2016, which just happens to be my son's birthday. Uh, how are you, Baruch? Um, I'm a marvelous busy and and uh, all good have a lot of conferences in the following month every month three conferences at least so yeah everything is good i do need to move the option yeah i think you do need to lower some shades there yeah i i'm still trying to figure out how to correctly start and invite people to this podcast and and how to share it publicly and everything um any rate i keep trying to do that and and sooner or later i'll I'll get it right. Uh, Jen Strader reminded me that we're supposed to announce this ahead of time because she actually tries to watch it, it live. And uh, I, you know, I I know I make all these gags about us only having you know half a dozen users or less, but I, at least I should respect those few that actually are trying to participate. So from now on, yes. yeah, I'll, do, I'll try to do better on that. Yeah, and we actually do know the date, uh, relatively couple of days in France, so we can, we should, we definitely should answer. Oh, on yeah, Twitter. it's my fault. You know, I, I get that. Followers. How many followers do we have on Twitter? How many followers on Twitter? Actually, I could, I could check that out. Here, let me, uh, why don't you... Take a look at the uh, show notes for a second, or mention to everybody where the show notes. We are. have an extraordinary four hundred twenty-one followers. Oh, you, you, wow! You checked that out quicker than I did. Very good. Okay, uh, for the group is that for the Groovy Podcast Twitter account? Yes. yes. Yeah. For those who are not aware, Groovy Podcast has a Twitter account. It's uh, at Groovy Podcast. Very simple. Uh, I think we have it linked in the show notes as well. Uh, the show notes also are in the github.com account of P. Ledbrook under a Groovy Podcast link. So it's github.com slash P. Ledbrook slash Groovy Podcast. Uh, today we are looking at episode 27. Groovy Podcast organization for that as well at some time. Yeah, well, I, I talked to um, the, the No Fluff guy who maintains the homepage, the one that has everything at No Fluff Just Stuff slash Groovy Podcast. And he promised to add a link to that, uh, but I don't know when he's going to get a chance to do it. If I take a look at that page, um, no, I don't think he's added anything yet. But that page, by the way, the Groovy No Fluff Just Stuff dot com slash Groovy Podcast does have uh, links to all of the um, existing both uh, audio and YouTube based podcasts. It uh, has the the uh, interesting information there, and I don't think it has the show notes yet, but I did tell him about that, and he is going to wind up uh, adding that sooner rather than later, from what I understand. Of course, so will this podcast. This one will wind up going up there uh, very soon. Okay, should we start talking about the news? Let's talk about the news. Okay. So for me, the most exciting news I um, – stumbled it on one of our, I think, two main resources for news, which is the Groovy Calamari newsletter. And that's the HTTP requests project, which looks like a proper replacement for the HTTP builder, which is a Groovy wrapper around um, Apache HTTP client. Uh, although HTTP builder, we used it for a very long time, it has its own problems, both in dependency management, but also in the API. So um, looking at the HTTP request project, it really looks like a proper replacement. And I am personally very excited about it. That's one of the most used libraries by me by far, comparing to all the rest. And I'm happy to see there is a very good candidate that I will be more than happy to switch to. That's very interesting. I mean, I like you, I've used the HTTP Builder project both because it's very popular and also because it's a typical Groovy idiom of providing a Groovy wrapper on an existing project. I think it's just a wrapper on HTTP client. Uh, but this new one, the HTTP request library, I, I put in a few links from, from things that were commented on in the uh, Groovy Calamari, but I didn't add this one. We're going to have to add that to the show notes. I'm looking at the document. I already did. Oh, you did? I yeah. guess I'll have to refresh then. 
at any rate, it does look like the, the docks are in ASCII doc, which is, boy, it's becoming quite recognizable at this point, isn't it? And it's uh, written by Bud Bird. Do you know Bud Bird? Uh, no, not personally, but I will be more than happy to meet him and buy him a drink because I was waiting so long for a proper replacement of HTTP Builder. That's the problem with HTTP Builder, as you point out. It, it, it's a good library, but it keeps going stale. I mean, uh, somebody jumps on the project and they make a couple of changes and then nothing happens for a long time. The documentation was always kind of dicey. I used to do my normal thing with open source documentation, which meant I went to the test cases. You know, I went to the source code and looked at the test cases and that showed how to do all the various uh, features. This HTTP request library looks to be far superior, as you say, and it's got all kinds of, uh, it's got converters in there and the provider libraries and everything. Anything particular you want to comment on in there? Have you used it yet? Well, no, I just saw it, and and it looks and it looks great. And again, so a couple of examples for my my troubles with HTTP Builder. For example, um, it uh, it has this nice, of course, concept of convention over configuration, and and uh, it expects it guesses a lot of things based on your on the content that you send. For example, it's almost always assumes that the content that you save, the content type that you send should be the same content type that you that you receive, uh, expect back, which is not always the case. Sometimes our uh, API, for example, um, uh, expects JSON that returns XML, and then you, you are into pain with HTTP Builder. Another example is the converters themselves. Um, there is a very strong assumption that whatever type you uh, get, uh, you should convert. So, for example, uh, uh, when you receive um, a, a JSON, uh, HTTP Builder will automatically try to parse this JSON with uh, JSON, par uh, JSON Slurper, which is again not always uh, not always this, uh, the, the case because sometimes I just want to get the plain text. And overriding those details is is very painful in HTTP Builder. So I really hope that the HTTP request library does a better job there, and we will see. So Budbird is at Budbird Twitter, and I just followed him because he's cool. <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, they're using Jersey as the uh, underlying provider, so that they're using um, the JAX-RS reference implementation, you know, the Jersey specification to provide the HTTP connectivity and the, and the RESTful web service connections. They also point out in the docs that they have a Grails plugin called uh, HTTP-Requests Library, which can be, well, of course, in the, the actual coordinates for Grails, use HTTP-Request-Grails. And it's, again, it's very early, 0 0.1.3 and it's even a beta or whatever, but it looks, uh, like they've done an awful lot of work. Uh, they are, you know, I'm assuming that there's more than one person involved unless Bud did everything, but. Good job, yeah. Bud, good job. Yeah, it looks like a really nice job. Uh, we'll definitely have to check it out and report again at the, the next Groovy podcast. Okay, uh, do you want to go on and discuss any others? You want me to jump in or what would you like? Well, that was for me, you know, my job here is done. Huh? I'm, I'm a happy person now. Well, this appears to have been a big week or a big couple of weeks for the Rat Pack community. The Rat Pack uh, team has released one, two, three, four different releases of Rat Pack, although it looks like the 1.3.0 one was the really big one with all the changes in it. And then there were a series of quick bug fixes or, or upgrades. For example, the 1.3.3 one uh, simply changing to a new version of Netty. Whereas the 1.3.1, 1 1.3.2 were both uh, generic bug fix releases. 1.3.0 looks to be the, the most interesting one. And also from what I see, the, um, the, that is the version that's going to be used inside of Dan Wood's Learning Rat Pack uh, book, which is coming out very soon. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, for those people who are interested in Rat Pack, and hopefully that's a growing community, uh, we have a link there to all the different versions. 
And in that documentation, they have uh, a link to the manual, the, the API reference, and of course, even the source code, which is usually a good way to find uh, answers to questions. I always liked looking at the source code of an open source project. Again, I mentioned it already, but just looking at the tests is your nice little executable documentation gives you a, a good sense of how to use this. So that continues to grow, and, and it's nice. The lazy, the lazy Among Us write open source projects without any documentation at all, expecting people to look at the tests. Well, I like to say it this way. I like to say that the better, in my experience, the better the developer, the more they care about tests. Uh, so my classic example is I was trying to learn how to use the JSON Builder class in the Groovy standard library org.json. or groovy.json.json builder and the documentation on the java docs was fine but kind of limited and it left me with a lot of questions on how to do specific things so i went to the source code which is now of course at apache groovy and dug into the test cases and saw it right at the top it said that it, the test case was written by Guillaume Laforge himself the head of the groovy project i just went yes and started digging and there were probably 30 different cases covering everything i ever wanted to do with it so it was very very helpful as a way to learn how to use the api exactly now staying on the the rat pack theme for a moment uh juan vasquez uh, have you met him yeah um, i don't i don't believe so not in person I've met him at uh, GreatConf, uh, both there, and I think I also met him earlier at another conference. But the U.S. GreatConf last year, I definitely saw oh, him. Oh, so I definitely okay. So probably I saw him as well. Yeah, he's based in Omaha, and he did a presentation at the Omaha Java Users Group, and gave a Rat Pack tutorial, which again will be very helpful in getting to know the API and how this is used. I don't think people quite realize how different Rat Pack is from the other standard libraries and that the, the asynchronous nature and the, the idea of it being built on Netty is very powerful. And what he has in, in his uh, GitHub presentation, he put the slides and the code on a GitHub uh, uh, account. and his presentation talks about how to use lazy bones, how to use basic authentication, how to use OAuth for GitHub, uh, as, using asset pipeline, drop wizard, everything. And he's got a whole bunch of uh, branches that are all very good at that, everything with a Gradle build file. I'm really looking forward to digging into that. I think the uh, the live demo uses reveal.js and everything. So uh, this is exactly the sort of thing, not to get on my high horse again, but it's the sort of thing that we're, we need in Grails 3 right now, you know, especially when we're talking about some of the profiles. Uh, the Rat Pack people are, are certainly doing a very good job with this. So we have a link in the show notes to, uh, to Juan's uh, Rat Pack tutorial. Yes. yes. So that looks very nice. Uh, on the Grail side, speaking of Grails, uh, they've had a couple of nice releases lately. Now they, they are maintaining the 3.0 and 3.1 release train. The 3.1 is current and 3.0 looks to be in somewhat of a, a bug fix type uh, area. Yep. So mm -hmm. the releases were 3.0.17 as well as 3.1.6. The one that uh, the notes for 3.1.6 mentioned that they have upgraded GORM. They, I didn't realize GORM had a separate version number from Grails, but they claimed it's 5.0.5. .5, and the big factor is that it supports Hibernate 5.1. Have you used uh, the Hibernate 5 series yet? Uh, well, uh, not so much. Um, we kind of went away from the whole ORM thing here in JFrog. None of our projects actually need it, right? And and I believe that if you don't need it, don't do it. Uh, I follow the I follow the releases, but uh, I look for the news. But I did actually write in code with it. Not well, I don't know. I don't know what the differences are in Hibernate 5 as opposed to 4, you know, how much of a difference that makes on a practical sense, but it's good that they are keeping up with developments there. I don't see uh, any documentation at, at Hibernate itself uh, discussing what the changes are, which, by the way, is, again, I want to make a mild complaint. It's not a big complaint, but a mild one. Uh, when they're doing their new releases at Grails, they rarely are saying 
as a summary of what's changed anymore. They just have a link to the to the actual issues that have been resolved. And I don't really want to comb through all those issues to try to figure out on a case-by-case -case basis what's interesting. They do occasionally point out big ones. It's possible, of course, that, that maybe the changes in the versions are simply, you know, uh, minor bug fix versions. It's possible. Uh, but it would be nice to have words to that effect or some kind of summary or, or something like that. Yep. It uh, looks like there is a migration guide in, in Hibernate. The 5.1 migration guide just talks about uh, minor changes in the Oracle 12C dialect having to do with byte arrays and blobs and stuff. So I, I don't know that there have been dramatic changes. Maybe in the 5.0 to uh, from 4.3 to 5.0 uh, was uh, relatively significant. They, they do have a list of changes there in terms of naming strategies and transactions. But my sense of it is that everything that I'm currently using uh, or everything I currently understand about Hibernate carries over. I, that, that would make sense for a... Yeah, of course. I, I don't believe that it can be any different in terms of, you know, like absolutely different. It, it won't make any sense. Well, for a ORM, is ORM, right? Any, anyhow. Yeah, for a project mature enough to be at a five level, uh, that's probably not a big surprise. But I will take a look at that. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I'm still primarily using the Grails 2.0 sequence, mostly because the clients I deal with are. And uh, it's time certainly beyond time for me to start pushing the, the three sequence. It's certainly mm -hmm. stable enough at this point to be uh, usable. And, you know, that's uh, got a lot of very nice features in it. I'm still hoping for more documentation on the reduced profiles as well, even though that's competing in the same space as Rat Pack or others, but still that would be uh, useful to see recommended practices and, and how to set those up and use them that goes beyond just go look at this GitHub repository and there's an example there. Yeah, and you of all people should actually drive it forward, right? Because you have this, you you are in front of clients and you can say, okay, I will do whatever you need with Grails too, but that's time for you to look at, start to look at Grails too. Well, my, my only problem there is I am kind of uh, constrained by what the clients are willing to do at this point, and I'm running into a lot more clients that are interested in working with existing 2.x versions. So we push them to the 2.5 line. Uh, that's the royal we, right? No, uh, that's what I try to recommend, but uh, the 3 series is certainly something I'm going to start pushing much more in the future as much as I can. Uh, I'm hoping that there'll be more documentation as well on that, although the user guide has gotten to be very, very good on that. Another yep. issue. Oh, go ahead. You you're going to say? No, that's I'm with you. Okay. Uh, another interesting thing related to Grails is that apparently there's a whole separate set of documentation for the JSON views. I put a link in the show notes. Again, I kind of got that from the, the Grails Diary by uh, Jakob Mickelson. And it's got a, a whole series of uh, links and everything. It's actually, it looks again like ASCII Doctor, where they have a, an extensive discussion about the Grails Views project, which includes the new JSON Views approach, the thing that we linked to last time with uh, Jeff Brown doing a brief uh, screencast on using JSON Views with the streaming JSON builder and, and everything else. Looks very easy to use, very powerful. Got a lot of templates and, and configuration and everything. So there's a link in there. I, I don't know if this is going to ultimately be wrapped into the overall Grails documentation. I expect it will. But at the moment, there is this separate link. And, and it looks like it was written by, by Graham Roche himself. Yep. That's that's good as well, and, I, and I'm not sure why it's separate. But. It's it, you know it could just be that this is a stage along the development of just making sure this is available before they wrap it into a particular version of Grails. Uh, if I look at the again, might have been nice if I'd done this ahead of time, but if I look at the Grails documentation itself, and I just go look at the user guide, uh, I'm sure there's something in there. Yeah, that section 10.1.8 on JSON views is just basically a summary and it's a way to get started. They do have uh, additional links inside that as well as the link to the source code repository. So I suspect that this, now again, as we pointed out, Grails right now 
in the documentation sense is paying some technical debt for having done their docs in their own custom mechanism that wasn't ASCII doc or anything like that. And I suspect mm -hmm. that that part of the porting process is building the separate ASCII doc version of the documentation. So it looks like this information is very similar, but they have the ASCII doc one. And I imagine as they slowly port everything in the current Grails documentation over to that, then everything will be merged in the future. All right. Okay. Okay. So that's that one. And we we'll do a wait for, for that. Yeah, we have the link inside the uh, the news items, the JSON views docs as well. I don't have the link to the Grails documentation. That's the normal Grails user guide. If you just go to grails.org and click documentation and then click user guide, they have it right there. And a simple search on JSON views takes you to section 10.1.8. The yep. another thing that's going on, of course, is that the uh, OCI has established a, a Grails team blog. Have you looked through that much lately? Yeah, I looked at the but but. but took a look at the Slack channel and and you definitely should join and that's great, right? That's exactly the collaboration that you want. Yeah, this is relatively new. They've had the blog for a couple of months now. The first post is from the back of the beginning of March. I mean, not exactly a long time ago, but it's available. The latest post was just from this week, uh, the 28th of April from Jeff Brown. Again, as you mentioned, discussing the Slack channel, which has a link both to the Slack channel and to the sign up for that. I think uh, we should emphasize how useful that particular Slack channel is. A lot of the core team members spend a lot of time there answering questions so that people can go through their normal approach of looking at Stack Overflow or what have you. But that if you are banging your head against a brick wall for more than a day, certainly I'd say it's certainly worth going to the Slack channel trying to get yep. answers there. The only problem I have with Slack normally is that it's hard for me to find answers to questions that have already been answered. I mean, is any of that archived anywhere? Is that searchable in some way? Well, so I guess it depends on the Slack uh, subscription. Mm. And uh, different subscriptions have different reten retention. Uh, but whatever is saved is searchable. Yeah, because I, I hate asking questions that I know have already been answered. I do like the idea of searching. I'm much more of a lurker than a participant in those sorts of things. But I know that there are a lot of people there who are constantly discussing current issues in Grails, and that's a good thing. Anyway, so in, on the team blog, they mentioned the Slack channel. They also have a link discussing those JSON views, exactly what we were talking about earlier. And I like the original link is the one on the Grails 3 interceptors, which is designed to replace the filters in the previous versions of Grails. So if you're right. yeah, so if you're interested in any of that, they're all listed on the what's list the uh, t official title is the OCI Grails team blog and it's at grailsblog.ociweb.com. Mm -hmm. So that was another item mentioned. Uh, I think that's all the Grail stuff I have at the moment. Uh, there was another release, and that is the Gradle 2.13 release. Again, yeah, and it has a couple, couple of interesting um, features as well. Yeah. Right? So um, what I like the most is this ability to, to merge builds now. How do you call it? Um, the uh, the ability to build the, uh, the the multiple builds together. I mean, what they're calling the right? Yes, yes. I just lost my show notes. Uh, exactly. The ability they call, to... they call it a composite build. As right. A, exactly. Yes. Yes. And it, you know, it's like I, I sit there and think, well, composite build. My initial thought is, is we already do multiple Grails builds, but they're all part of one project. It's multi-project build. But this apparently allows you to combine multiple Grails, Gradle builds, pardon me, and replace external binary dependencies with, I'm reading from the show, from the docs, from project dependencies as if you were using a single multi-project build. For projects that use multiple distinct Gradle builds, this will allow you to mix and match your separate builds into one build in a very flexible way. That's really going to be useful. I agree with you. I yeah, think. so from, from what I understand, it's a one level up from you know just mentioning the modules in in uh, Gradle settings that will allow you to take two dis completely separate Gradle builds and make them behave as they are modules of each other. 
Yeah, I cannot imagine quite how that's going to work. I'm looking forward to experimenting with that. I haven't tried it yet. I did upgrade to 2.13, but that's because SDK Manager makes it so easy to upgrade anything, you know. So, of course, I did that. Uh, Of course, the biggest thing in 2.13 is the significant performance improvements. They are claiming, let me read again from it. It says, uh, we've achieved performance improvements during Gradle's configuration and execution phases. Those are two separate things. And, and of course, configuration phase is uh, always a, a tough target for performance, but a very profitable one. At any rate, where we have measured up to 25% improvements to build time in their performance tests with no changes to the build script. You just upgrade your Gradle to 2.13 and you get... You just upgrade, like, like in the times of the Murlo, when you just upgraded your hardware and boom, everything goes performed better. Yeah, that's great. And, of course, I know they've been working very hard on performance over the past several versions, so it's nice to see that. They also mentioned something about improving the Gradle test kit as well. I'm mildly, well, not mildly, I'm getting increasingly embarrassed that I have not yet used the Gradle test kit, even though I use Gradle builds all the time. I have mostly, my testing has been in the form of logging, which isn't really testing at all. Yeah, and and for me the next the next big big thing will be parallel uh, download parallel resolution and download of dependencies. That's that will give a huge boost to overall performance of the build. And uh, I'm not so sure why it wasn't done by now, but I would say that's that should be done better well, yeah. sooner than later. Well, downloading of dependencies is just a one-time cost, right? I mean, you have everything in your cache after that. Are are you talking about loading the dependencies at configuration? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about downloads. Well, that's maybe only me because I do a lot of you know like new and clean builds for ah. uh, for a web uh, webcasts and and conferences and this kind of stuff. When I start with empty environment and everything. Uh, especially on the CI servers. And generally, the case of CI servers is actually critical because, for example, if you use uh, one of the cloud-based CI servers, they uh, spin up a new virtual machine without cache for you every time. Uh, uh, but with, uh, that's, that's not exactly a correct statement. You can configure some of the CI servers to actually keep the cache around, but the general use case is you have a clean virtual machine which means every build downloads all the dependencies in you. Okay, I didn't uh, didn't think that much about that, because uh, I have a big cache on my local machine, unfortunately, but that's what I'm always using. Uh, I did notice, by the way, speaking of CI servers, another change in Gradle 2.13 is they have uh, the signing plugin, which I've seen before, but the quote says it supports OpenPGP subkeys, so you can keep your master signing keys safely off your CI server. And that was contributed by the community. I haven't done that before. Do you uh, use uh, some kind of signing keys on your CI server when you're doing those demos? Uh, yes, but uh, so the signing I show is signing on, on Bintray, but uh, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense. The problem is that you actually need to put your key in your CI server. You don't want to do that. And then those sub keys allow you to create some kind of, you know, uh, other keeper that signs with your keeper without actually exposing the private key. Interesting. Uh, I did, the link that we put in the show notes takes you to the post at the Gradle forum. That's a good resource as well, and it possibly a little under-publicized. I mean, if you go to gradle.org, you see the link to the forum, but those forums are also quite useful. A lot of the Gradle experts do hang out in those forums and answer questions there. So while the the new version was announced in multiple places, I thought it'd be nice to put the link that encouraged people to go to the Gradle forum to check that out. They also, by the way, have a link there to the Gradle Summit, which is coming up in June. Are you going to be at the Gradle Summit, by the way? Uh, no, I don't believe I will because yeah, we have June is June is crazy. I, I think I will stop by just because it's next door here, mm. uh, just to say hi to, to to everybody. But no, I'm not being at the right. conference per se. 
Yeah, it's June 23rd and 24th in Palo Alto. Uh, I will be there. Uh, I'm doing my great old recipes for Android talk uh, again, which keeps getting changed. The hardest part I find about the, the Gradle Summit is a personal thing. It's that the talks are only 45 minutes long and is a no fluff, just stuff speaker. I'm accustomed to an hour and a half pace. And when you combine that with the fact that I'm a, a technical trainer by day and therefore my job consists of continuing to talk until people either agree or give up, you know, uh, I can talk indefinitely on these things and 45 minutes is really tight for me. Uh, I'm sure the audience appreciates it, you know, that. Well, yeah, that you, you are, you are an exception with your no father stuff gang because 45 minutes, an hour, something along those lines is the, the standard. Yeah. The hour and a half is, uh, is an exception. Just means I have to have my my demos all ready to go and my gags all figured out ahead of time and stuff. So, uh, but at any rate, I'm looking forward to that. This time, I'm going to make sure I go for the whole thing and uh, make sure I attend as many talks as possible. Last couple times I've been there, I've been so flooded with other work that I was barely able to do more than just my own talks. This time, I want to see everything. I'm sure there will be lots of discussions about the plans for Gradle three. I know they've been hard at work on the underlying model and especially on the sense of performance improvements. And that's uh, going to be very interesting. By the way, have you ever, you're familiar with the uh, indeed.com job, job trends link? Do you know what yes, I'm referring to? Yes. Right. Um, and it's, if you ever search on Gradle in that, you get to see the skyrocketing interest in Gradle, you know, thousands of percent, both in absolute and in, in relative, in the gains over the past, you know, few months or years. Uh, interest in Gradle continues to in increase, plus they're spending a lot of time on adapting Gradle for C and C++ projects to work over in the .NET area. And that, of course, will also help the Android stuff eventually when you're working with the NDK as well. So that's a very active area of of work and improvement, and I encourage people to keep an eye on that one. Yeah, and interestingly enough, another so first of all, talking about trends and um, how popular technology is, there is another great site for you to to see those trends, and it's it's called SO like Stack Overflow tagtrends.com sotagtrends.com and it does what what it says it compares the trends of tags in, in terms of questions asked over time and you can see there how gradle made and stuck up and this is a very very interesting comparison as well um, those tags are specifically for Stack Overflow, interestingly enough. Yes, yes, that's a search in Stack Overflow, which brings me back to the um, to the discussion about Gradle Forum and a general um, a general interesting dilemma of how to establish your own forum or or your own uh, Q and A uh, community. Should you uh, have your own forum like Gradle guys? or should you give up on having your own and just forward everybody to Stack Overflow, like for example, the Spring project does, and all the Google um, development uh, projects do, they just say, we, want, we, want, we don't want the segmentation of knowledge, and Stack Overflow is the source de facto of, the, of this knowledge and just go there and ask there. And then of course, the trends are, are more relevant. So when you look at this stackoverflowtechtrends.com and see the Gradle questions, you need to remember that that's only, only part of the questions asked because a big part is asked in the official uh, Gradle forum as well. So that, that's an interesting dilemma that we at JFrog are uh, debating now as well. So yeah, that's something dear to my heart. Uh, I wanted to say something else about Gradle. Oh, yes, the Lint plugin. We need to add it. We have to add it to the show Lint? notes. The Lint, as Lint. The, the code quality checker kind of thing? Yes. So um, I had some unpleasant accident a um, couple of weeks ago when my words was misrepresented by someone on Twitter, and uh, they basically put up some bogus statement that I claim that Gradle is not good which I, of course, never did. 
Uh, and it brought me the, the good side effect of that, that I got on uh, Skype with Hans Doctor, the founder of, of Docker, of course, who asked me what that's supposed to mean. And founder I, of, Gradle. of course, explained uh, the Gradle. And I, of course, explained that I was uh, misquoted. Uh, but, but then we spoke about the acceptance of Gradle in the industry and uh, what still holds it back a little bit comparing to Maven. And I mentioned that I feel that one of the problems of Gradle is being too powerful. And the old school build, uh, um, build masters afraid of giving this power to the developers, adding the Gradle build to the source, uh, to the project sources, because people will go crazy and pollute the build script with their own you know, custom logic and make it mm. completely unmaintainable imperative uh, mess. And uh, Hans pointed me to this great lint plugin, which might be, for me, the big leap forward for, for acceptance of Gradle in the enterprise. Uh, this is what I care, uh, this is what I call the bloody enterprise plugin, which you turn on and then you won't allow your developers to add um, any imperative parts to your build. So it will behave much more like a Maven XML in which you can add dependencies, you know, you can uh, play with dependency management, uh, but, but not writing your custom code in the build screen. And I believe that Lint plugin does that and publicizing it co correctly and presenting it correctly, I think might take Gradle to places where people were afraid to take it so far. Well, to take a look. I mean, it says if this is the Nebula Lint one, right? The Nebula plugins? Yes. Yeah, so yes. it says uh, the Gradle Lint plugin is a pluggable and configurable linter tool for identifying and reporting on patterns of misuse and deprecations in Gradle scripts and related files, inspired by the ES Lint tool from JavaScript and, and various formatting tools as well. It uh, looks exactly. like. Exactly. You can turn on and off various rules and things like that, which is always so important in in uh, tools like that because of uh, different code styles adopted at different locations. Um, yeah, it looks very powerful. I'm going to have to try that one out. I'm sure it's listed in the uh, plugins.gradle site. I when I did a just simple Google on it, I went right to the GitHub repository. Uh, but they support that new uh, plugin notation with the plugins block inside the Gradle file with an ID, which tends to imply that it's it's searchable inside the plugins.gradle.org. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that always reminds me. My favorite plugin was always uh, Greddy, which Hans had told me about at a conference. And of course, now that the lead developer works at Apple, you know, I'm hoping somebody takes that over. Uh, he's no longer. Oh, Greti, Greti is Greti is amazing. Absolutely, it yeah. Is. I hope that somebody maintains that. I don't want that to go away in, in any actual way. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll definitely add that to the show notes then, uh, unless you already have and didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. uh, did you already add it, or should I? We'll take care of it after the work. I will. I will. Yeah, we will take care of it. I am. I will okay. By the way, speaking of Gradle again, Gradle does publish a newsletter that comes out somewhat irregularly, but we did put a link in there to the Gradle newsletter in case you're interested in subscribing. The last one is from March, but nevertheless, it describes changes in 2013 and the composite builds and, and other features as well. Uh, speaking of documentation, the Jeepers website now has uh, been completely redone, and all of the documentation and everything is now over there. That's G-P-A-R-S, what a lot of people call GPARS, but I feel I have to call Jeepers because otherwise where's the gag, right? I mean, if you're going to name it that, it's you're expecting people to use the joke, right? Yes. I still feel like Jeepers is one of those under known. I, I can't think of the right way to say it. It's not nearly as well known as it ought to be. It's a true typical groovy idiom of taking multiple libraries from disparate locations and putting them all under a groovy header and simplifying the API and the way to work with them. Uh, as a reminder to those who are not familiar with it, Jeepers has features involving actors from the actor model from Scala and other languages or agents from Clojure. Uh, or co concurrent sequential processes, uh, a whole series of other underlying concurrency uh, mechanisms that are very, very powerful and, and surprisingly easy to use. I mean, concurrency in general is just hard. 
but it's nice to see that they're able to make it easy to use within uh, Groovy. Now, one version of Jeepers is already included in the in the Groovy standard installation, but if you're going to use it in a Gradle build file, then you're going to need the Groovy All library and the Jeepers library, and the website now has thorough documentation for the user guide, reference docs, links to the GitHub repository, and everything. It's another one of those sites that has extensive examples and documentation that very few developers, even in the Groovy community, seem to be aware of. You know, so I'm, I'm glad to mention that whenever we get a chance. Yeah, and generally I believe that GParse brings so much to, to, to Groovy um it it has any concept of concurrent or non-blocking uh, uh computations it, it it you can use actors you can use streams you can do parallel computing you can do everything and uh, so you know we're talking about the, the big uh, the big thing that made scala popular the aka library boom we have it in groovy we are talking about how streams are important for Java 8. Boom, we already have it in Groovy for years. So, and and it's completely under the radar, and that's that's a shame. Well, uh, there is a chapter in the second edition of Groovy in Action that discusses it, which will give you just the barest of intros. And then if you now investigate the website, which is, as I say, that's the reason for bringing this up now, is that the website now has been redesigned to make all that information much easier to follow and to find. So that's very good. Now, then I had the section from the, the pieces from the Groovy Calamari, so the one that you just added. I mentioned the, the, the links they had there on the continuous integration with Grails. You know, there's a blog article. That, actually, it's a DZone article on how to maintain a, a continuous integration server with Grails jobs on there as well, and a continuous deployment article on with Gradle and Docker, no less. So that's, uh, I think the title of that article is a continuous deployment pipeline with Gradle and Docker as well. And then, of course, Cedric Champeau, as he is wont to do, uh, wrote a very nice, thorough article on Gradle performance and the changes they are making in order to improve performance over there now that he's a, a full-time person at Gradle. I still want to call them yep. where I always have that's to Yeah, so at any rate, I put links to all those inside the uh, the show notes. So feel free to take a look at that if yep. any are relevant for you. Uh, just one minor note of, uh, I, I wrote a blog post myself about using, uh, about working with Gradle and excluding tasks by a, a, a pattern in the name. Uh, it was one of the first times I've gotten a chance to actually wait for the task graph to be assembled and then do a filter on it as part of the process. So I, I wrote a little blog post for it. Uh, I've been interested in that because the, the work I've been doing with the with Gradle on Android uh, is very interesting because Gradle projects that are applied to Android tend to have literally hundreds of tasks involved and it's it's almost overwhelming how, how complex they get how quickly so any way that you can filter that down is very helpful. Great. Uh, finally at least in our list here uh, you may have some other ideas to discuss the the hot topic this week especially on Twitter uh, hot topic. Uh, does that mean in the absolute world? No. Uh, does that mean in the groovy world? Well, I don't know, maybe. Does it mean <laughs> in me and my friends? Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the hot topics was uh, good old Dan Veloper, uh, Dan Woods, who is uh, just about ready to release Learning Rat Pack. I believe it is uh, in the final stages of the copy, edit, and production. Wrote a nice post called Learning Rat Pack and Giving Back, in which he announced that all royalties from the book Learning Rat Pack will be uh, given to the Great Ladies Organization. It's a group of uh, developers, especially women, but they also have what they call great allies as well that can help out, uh, based in Minneapolis. Uh, Jen Strader is a, one of the leaders of that, and there are others as well. 
Now he he kind of buried the lead on that. They if you read the blog post, it, it takes several paragraphs before he finally throws in at the end of a line. Oh, by the way, we're giving all the royalties to great ladies, which really is should have been a big bold face, you know. <laughs> um, but he feels that it's also it's not only a nice contribution to the open source community, it also helps them specifically and helps the uh, issue of diversity. Uh, we tend to be, I find in this community, especially among the Groovy and Grails people, we are a rather uh, homogeneous one, but we are quite an international one. So there's a lot of people from all over the world, but anything that helps the cause of increasing the number of underrepresented minorities or women in this community has got to be a good thing, especially given how people in this community certain guys behave very poorly in general so any this is pulling the stick quite over to the other side uh, very helpful i i am concerned that the great ladies are going to now discover to their disappointment the economics of book publishing you know <laughs> uh, I think dan's not exactly giving up millions of dollars here i don't think I, uh, as I like to say it, when when somebody buys my book, then I can buy a cup of coffee, but not at Starbucks, you know. So we're not talking huge amounts of finances here, but I do not well, want to. Yeah, so, so you cannot make a living of, of publishing a technical book, but it will definitely help to the nonprofit organization. So I well, think it, it's it's definitely will end up in in hundreds of dollars, which is an absolutely decent well, donation, and and Dan is great for doing that. It's a very generous thing to do regardless. And exactly. even, even if the biggest contribution is publicity for the Great Ladies Group as well as for, well, for Rat Pack as well. It's going to get people buying, learning Rat Pack who would not even necessarily have been interested just to support the organization. Uh, it's all good. I mean, on every level, this is a really nice thing to do. And, and while we normally give Dan a hard time just because it's so fun to do so and, and he course handles it so well I'm actually going to have to like not do that this time you know I mean he, he just did a, a one not to mention the fact by the way that it's a really really good book you know which is just makes the whole thing even more significant well I can't believe we do it for the last couple of minutes praising Dan Woods in any possible way so I think we'll do it just one time this time we should say all the good things we can possibly say because that will probably be the last time we say nice things about them. So we should go all the way. Yeah, and uh, way, right. Uh, I do want to mention. Yeah, no. So so Dan Dan is absolutely fabulous in in any possible way, both for writing this book and actually managed to deliver. And I'm a failed book author, so I know how uh, how hard it is. Uh, so that's that's great job. And of course, the, the the donation is is very generous of him as well. So then, good job. Now I have to mention, uh, I've actually arranged that we're going to have another one of those special editions of the Groovy Podcast, where I have arranged to talk to Jen Strader, and we will be having our discussion very soon and give her a chance to talk about the the organization, talk about what she's doing. She's, by the way, going to be another one of the speakers at the uh, Great Conf in EU. She also has that Fulbright scholarship coming up uh, in, at Copenhagen. So we'll get a chance to talk about all of that. We'll see if we can get any input, input from Dan as well. So that's coming very soon after this podcast. Yep. Did you want to mention anything about the upcoming conferences as well? I just mentioned Great Conf in the EU, which is the yes, first so, of June. Right, yeah. So Great Conf is, um, is coming fast, and, and you should be there. Great Conf US, I'm still a little bit surprised they didn't handle out the agenda yet, but uh, probably we'll have some time. Uh, so that's they have a whole nother month. So, I mean, they're not until the end of July. So that's really two months after the EU one. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's it. So great old summit, great config. You, those are the, the closest ones and you should be there if you can. Right. Then the G3 we definitely summit, will. The G3 summit is the follow on to the former spring one, two GX. Now that they have gone their separate ways, the 2GX part is supposedly going to become the G3 Summit, which stands for Groovy, Gradle, and Grails. Although I suppose if we talk to Andre Salmire, probably one of those is Griffin. Uh, who knows? But the, good, the good news here that it's ambiguous. You can, you can select the three Gs that you like and just think about them. 
Precisely. And I, I'm really hoping this is going to be as you know, the, the, the major league replacement for the, the 2GX part of Spring 1 2GX, dating back to when we had the original uh, 2GX by itself. Uh, the G3 Summit is will be... Is the CFP open for it already? It is, actually, yeah. You can submit anything you like, whenever you like. Uh, if you can't find it or you can't find anything else, uh, feel free to contact me. I can put you in touch with the right people. Uh, it's a little early to worry too much about it, but it's not too early to start discussing it and to figuring out uh, who else needs to be invited, you know, what other topics needs to be covered. We're, it's going to be a, a nice, nice conference in addition to the fact that it's Fort Lauderdale at the beginning of December, which is also a good combination. All uh, right. So I'm, I'm going to submit the Groovy Puzzlers right now. Very good. Uh, I may have run into another Groovy Puzzler. I'll have to send you an email. Let's see how that goes. Please, please do. So uh, as you probably heard, the third season um, is, uh, is on. Uh, no antenna delivered it, uh, it with, with Andres at uh, Greece Conference. Mm -hmm. uh, the next show will be, of course, a great con for you. Hopefully it will be accepted to great con for US as well. And uh, next will be this Regisonic. Yep. And then we'll see if it gets accepted at Java 1 as well. The Java 1 call for papers, I think, has less than a week to go. I think that closes on the 9th or 10th, something like on that. On the 9th, yes, on the 9th. Right. Exactly. I have not yet submitted any Groovy talks, but I think I will. Um, you know, it, From what I understand, they will be looking more favorably on the alternative languages this year than in some of the past years. So it, it's probably worth submitting a, a couple of abstracts just to see what happens. It's always worth submitting, right? I suppose. Um, again, we have to thank uh, Jakob uh, Mikkelsen for all of his extremely hard work on the Grail's Diary, without which this podcast might not even be possible, uh, as well as, uh, is it Sergio Del Amo, who does the uh, Groovy Calamari? Yes. Which is spilled, spelled differently than I expected, but at any rate, it's there. Uh, where else do we get information? Anybody? Well, we definitely want to mention the, the No Fluff, Just Stuff conference, who hosts our homepage. That's very nice of them. Anything else you want to mention at the end here? Well, I think that will be all. Thank you, Ken. Thank of course. you, uh, I hope Peter uh, Peter was feeling a bit under the weather this week, and, and uh, so therefore he wasn't available, but I'm sure he will be back, and we'll get to find out what he's been working on, how he's doing these days. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, there you go for this episode of the Groovy Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.